Before today's topic, a quick disclaimer. The stories and data we share come from the states that we practice in and the experiences we personally had, which can differ greatly across our country and certainly the globe. This is not a professional advice show. So get comfy and let's discuss death. Welcome to Morton Mike, a down-to-earth discussion on death and dying. I'm Jem. And I'm Red. And we are your ghastly ghouls. <laughs> so we're all familiar with the common horror movie tropes that infest the genre. Spooky settings must be haunted, right? Basements and attics, check. Deep forests and secluded cabins that lie within, yep. Cemeteries, morgues, and funeral homes, of course. But ghosts and ghouls aren't real, are they? People like to assume, since we're in the death industry, we have to have some sort of ghost story to go along with all of our time spent around the deceased and their places of passing. But does this hold true for us? I think the most important question to start with is uh, what we categorize ourselves as. So how skeptical are you on a scale of, let's say, scully to molder? So I actually, I would like to say that I'm a scully, but I'm a total molder, like 100%. 100%. I'm, so why I say that is because of scully, like I am a very logical person. I'm very like scientific oriented, obviously, like I'm going into pathology as a graduate student, as a medical professional. But, you know, just like me, myself, and like growing up, I am, I've always been a Mulder. And Mulder is like logical too, but he just like believes in the logic of ghosts. So I do, I do believe in ghosts. I do believe in spirits, um, very much so. And I believe in like that sort of spiritual realm, whatever it may be for whatever people think it may be, but whatever it is, I do think it's there for sure. What about you, Red? I personally would probably say definitely hard end of like on the Scully side. Um, I I mean, as as the X Files said, I mean, I want I want to believe, you know, they're out there, <laughs> but um, I just I have never seen anything or experienced anything that has really made me, you know, a firm believer. It doesn't mean that I like I'm totally like against interactions with you know extraterrestrials and all these uh, crazy cryptids and things but i just haven't gotten that um that solid evidence that i crave to to really prove something to me right yeah and unlike you i actually have had a couple experiences that we'll talk about later but but despite those experiences i'm definitely like a well you never know like if you don't know if you haven't seen proof of it how do you know it doesn't exist you know what i mean so like (laughs) i'm a little bit of the opposite like you know you know i have not seen an alien but that doesn't mean that they're not out there do 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 (laughs) same with (laughs) same with ghosts and spirits and stuff like this especially in the funeral industry and you know seeing dead bodies on a daily basis sure i feel like i've always been like a a show me kind of person like this this is so dumb um I've always been super like logical about spooky things like bumps in the night. Uh, I've usually been able to explain them away and it all came from a television show. 
Uh, when I was like a little kid, like I used to have a very active imagination. Of course, you see all sorts of monsters in the shadows and the clothes in your closet. And there was a Jimmy Neutron episode where there was like that haunted pizza or whatever. Oh my god, I remember. Yeah, yeah. and like Jimmy was just like like logicing it away essentially of just like, oh well, there's no way it could possibly be this because I'm a big science nerd and like for some reason that stuck with me ever since I was a kid. I'm just like, okay, you know, you you thought you saw a spooky thing. Let's try to like think of all the things that it could be instead of like what monster it might be. So I, I guess that kind of that kind of stuck with me until. Uh, adulthood where we are now so that's true but if i remember correctly didn't in the episode he like ignored it and that caused it to get stronger and then there was like a pizza monster flying around and destroying everything or am i all am right i have a point here <laughs> i'm just joking with you but yeah i'm i feel like everyone does have like their different opinions on especially something so unknown and like it's so hard to get like solid research on like the spirit world and like <laughs> right. ghosts and like the afterlife. You know, everyone's just kind of like taking a shot in the dark. Um, so everyone has their own opinion and, you know, it's important to like respect that. But it is cool to think about, you know, regardless. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you even think about the progression of science and things in the last hundred, few hundred years. Um, things that we thought were totally like kooky, crazy acts of God back in the day are just like scientific fact now. So that could totally be something in the same um, realm of just like we just don't have the the tools and the the uh, instruments to be able to measure these things and like research them properly yet. Exactly. Do you know how many old timey people thought that there were like ghosts in your blood if you were like <laughs> sick or something like that? Yeah, we let me just put a hole in your brain to let the demons out. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, so you never know where we're gonna be in the next, you know, fifty years or whatever it is. I think what a lot of people assume about professionals that work in the death industry is that because we are around death so often we must be surrounded by ghosts. Like, <laughs> you know, the, do you remember that TV show, like the um, Ghost Whisperer, whatever it yeah. was, and she would like <laughs> see the people. I like get people asking me, like, are there like, you know, thousands of ghosts just like around you all the time? I don't think that's how that works. Secondly, it's kind of hard to say because, you know, working in a funeral home, the funeral home, I feel like, is a very sterile environment for, like, say ghosts did exist and spirits did exist. If you die, I feel like your spirit would probably stay where you died rather than, like, a funeral home or, like, a medical examiner's office, don't you think? Yeah, that's definitely uh, what my opinions about it are, um, is that, you know, if somebody's going to die... Uh, which they will. Uh, everyone does. And, <laughs> but if their spirits like were connected to their body, I really don't think it would travel with the body. I would, I would, I, I would assume it would stay at place of death, um, not following them to their final resting place. In my opinion, yeah. Or you always hear the stories about you know people are in car accidents and their family members like see them within the hour or like you know whatever. So it's like you're either. You know, you die, you're at your place of death or you're going to you're going to a family member, you're going to your your house or like whatever it is, at least, you know, if it were true, quote unquote, this is all theoretical, but yeah, right. that's what I, that's what I would feel. You know what I mean? 
Definitely, which is why I always never like when people ask me that question, like, "Oh, you you ever see a spook? You ever see a specter?" It's like, well, I don't really think that they would be, you know, hanging out around their body at the funeral home. Honestly, if you think about it, I really don't think a spirit is going to be following their poor, you know, mangled body around to the met from the car accident to the medical examiner's office during the autopsy back to the funeral home, hanging out there, going to the crematory, like. That's not on the ghost agenda, I feel like. <laughs> I, I can't speak from experience. But no, okay. but the f- follow my, my <laughs> non-corporeal form around. <laughs> the funny thing about that, though, and I think like me believing in spirits and believing in like a consciousness after death, I always like try to be super respectful and I like talk to my deceased um, patients usually like I talk to them and I think that comes from a place of like they're around somewhere like I feel like they're watching me and it's not like a creepy thing it's not like a oh they're watching every move like uh <laughs> but it's like it's like a you know if I'm if I'm undressing someone I'm like oh okay you know let's get your pants off like I'm gonna lift your legs here okay or like you know if I need to get in somewhere I'll say excuse me to like a dead person. <laughs> it's like I don't know where that comes from, but it makes it makes me feel better and it makes me feel like you know, they're still my patient in a way and they're they're around somewhere, but uh, where I don't know. I mean, even though I don't really totally believe in ghosts, I also find myself doing the same thing of talking to people that have passed mm-hmm. on just like, you know, casually like you're saying, um and it it does like it does make you feel a certain way. Like it just feels normal and natural to do it. I, I, yeah. It's hard to explain. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Even just like compliments, like, Hey, you're looking good, Mr. Jenkins. Like, I like your tie. Like, yeah, you know, stuff like goofy, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. It's like a, it's a comfort thing. And I think, I think it's kind of human nature to, to treat it that sort of way, to treat death that sort of way. I think so too. So just so people know that I'm not totally boundlessly saying that I don't, you know, I've never seen anything. I've tried. Now, listen, I've definitely tried. Um, <laughs> I have dabbled in um, some ghost hunting expeditions, uh, as kooky as it might sound. Just this last Halloween, actually, I went out ghost hunting. Um, we drove out to what's called the Witch's Ball uh, at hmm. a cemetery and it's apparently a hot spot for you know all this crazy activity and you know we we got you know stacked with all the the necessary things i mean we got an emf reader um a friend of mine had brought their ouija board you know we we really had oh my gosh we thought we had everything going on we actually even had a really nice one of those nice recorders that's supposed to be able to like detect like even lower tones or whatever and we sat out there like all night and not not a not a peep from the afterworld (laughs) oh really yeah i am actually a huge huge fan of ghost hunting i don't actively do it myself um but one of my favorite tv shows growing up not to talk about tv shows a lot this episode but one of my favorite tv shows growing up was uh ghost adventures Mm -hmm. and it's (laughs) and it's these like you know this like beefy bro going out with his other bros like (laughs) searching for ghosts and they got all the high-tech equipment and they got the night vision cameras and they're always like freaking out like oh my god did you hear that and i like i think that that stuff is true and it's not just like it's not sketched out it's not written out like i actually believe that show i mean some of it 
I feel like that show can be a little staged sometime for sure. I mean, it's like entertainment. You have to make sure it's entertaining. And obviously, like, ghost stuff doesn't happen all the time. Mm -hmm. But I, like, truly believe in that kind of stuff. And I think it's really cool. Granted, I'd never gone ghost hunting myself. But I guess it's like a hit or miss kind of thing. I I did on a separate occasion. It it wasn't necessarily for ghost hunting. But um, I was on a vacation down in Kentucky. uh, And there was a sanatorium that wasn't that far. So it's, it's called Waverly Hills. And um, Waverly Hills has actually been on like a few different like, you know, TV shows and stuff where like ghost hunters have gone there and um, all sorts of stories, you know, like crazy stuff that happened. I mean, it was a tuberculosis ward, so it wasn't like like a crazy institution that people were being abused or anything. But obviously people were dying a lot of tuberculosis. Um, and they actually had like this like huge tunnel that goes all the way like down from the sanatorium to like this hillside, like underneath the hillside where like hearses would be able to pull up and take the bodies away because like they didn't want to just be wheeling all sorts of dead people past the like people that are trying to get better. Uh, so they had that secret tunnel. Um, and it's just like all sorts of really cool stories that they were telling us as we took the tour. But they gave us opportunities to like you know, okay, we're on, you know, this floor, a lot of people see a lot of shadow people. So we're going to have everyone turn off their lights and look down the hallway, see if you can see anything. We went to the rooftop and they actually said, okay, we're not supposed to let you do this. They probably let everyone do this, but they made us feel special. Uh, yeah. so you can go off. Like you don't need to, you guys can walk the, the full roof. You don't need us to, to walk you through here. You guys can just go check stuff out, take pictures. You know, we'll meet back here in 20 minutes. And mm. I'm just like the whole time I've been snapping photos just with my phone. And I was uh, back at the hotel that night and I was just like laying in my dark room with my brightness all the way up on my phone. And I was flipping through them and I was like, eh, nothing, nothing. Can't see anything. Not enough light. And I will say um, we were on the roof and I had they had just called us back and I snapped just like just kept snapping photos, just kept tapping my phone, snapping photos on the way back. And there were two shots and one shot, it was kind of pointed out one of the windows. So there was a little bit of light coming in and there was nothing. And then the next photo, which was taken, you know, not even a second later, there was something like a big black shadow. And Whoa, uh, I was that's like, so cool. <laughs> dude, I, it did kind of make me like my heart stop a little bit when I saw that. Like sitting in my bedroom, yeah. or the, the hotel room, I'm like, so ghosts huh (laughs) so them ghosts that's really cool yeah so that's that is like the only only time i've ever had something maybe happen uh, that is a little paranormal of nature right unfortunately though i did have a very intense experience with like a haunting in my place of residence. So when I was in college, I was about 20 years old. I lived in this house off campus with a couple of my friends. We were all uh, music majors. We all um, played the bass. So we all kind of had the general, like we all knew each other pretty well. We ended up finding this cheap house. It turns out it was a Section 8 house, which is, you know, nothing wrong with that. But it was, you know, run down, kind of old. I went to college in the South. So we were kind of in an area of like Civil War historical battles and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And it's just something I grew up with. So, you know, we were used to it, didn't think anything of that. Like literally everywhere in the South is a Civil War historical battleground. So like whatever. So... 
we started living at this house and everything was fine just like old house creaky floorboards the basement was kind of creepy but like really not a big deal all of a sudden one day we started hearing footsteps around the house and you know when that first starts to happen you kind of write it off like oh like it's just creaky floorboards or like it's the wind or like you know maybe an animal's on the roof outside or like you know Maybe someone's walking around in the house because there were four of us that lived there. So it could be any one of us. But one night, me and one of my roommates were home and my two other roommates were not. They were at class and we heard um, footsteps like trudging up the stairs. Okay. So like, like very like distinct, like, yeah. And so obviously we were like, oh, like, you know, our roommates are home. Like, let's, you know, let's go, let's go see or like, let's shout out like, hey, I think we were like, oh, hey, like, what's up? And like, no response. Mm -hmm. And so we go to look, literally no one is in the house. And when you hear someone like walk up the stairs and you don't hear the walking down the stairs part and no one's in the house, like that's obviously something's going on. So that's when we were starting to be like, is is something happened here and then like things started to kind of like build you know sure so we would hear um like rattling of the windows which could be like the wind or whatever but then sometimes at night windows would just like slam like slam closed with like no reason whatsoever they were like older windows so they were fairly stuck in place Mm -hmm. um but sometimes they would just slam closed just like creepy stuff like that we used to find you know those little pony beads they're like the little plastic crafting beads Mm -hmm. we would find them um around the house like after cleaning and we had no idea where they were coming from because we weren't like crafters we were college kids Mm -hmm. um (laughs) my roommate said that she would hear things like you know when the the sound when you drop a beat on the ground and it goes like ding 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 ding, and then it rolls she would hear that like all the time she said dude that's creepy (laughs) yeah i never actually saw stuff like that but it turns out one of our um college professor's wife's was a shaman so she was a medium and she talked to ghosts and i know that's also something that people are very skeptical about definitely but we were telling him about you know our house and our living situation and my roommate um she was vietnamese which actually plays into the story but she started having really bad nightmares about like some like scary guy from the 1940s and like all of this crazy stuff going on and she like stuff started to get thrown at her and we were just kind of like you know like what's happening like what's up dude this is unreal (laughs) (laughs) so we're telling our professor about it because we're pretty close with him And he was like, well, my wife's a shaman, like, you know, she wants to make sure that my students are safe. Like, do you guys mind if she like comes over and like just takes a look or whatever? And, you know, at this point, like I've always kind of liked this kind of stuff. So I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Like, please, (laughs) please come to our house. Like, please come to our home. And so actually the night before she came, we had a washing machine and a dryer machine downstairs and someone was doing their laundry they turned the dryer machine on, but the mechanism stopped working as to where the dryer wasn't like turning mm-hmm. and it was a gas dryer. So the heating mechanism was still heating up like pretty hot. But if it's not turning, that's just like heat directly onto your clothes that could like cause a fire pretty easily. Mm-hmm. So like that happened right before she came over. 
which I know it could be a coincidence. Like I get it. All of you conspiracy theorists out there. But like that's pretty significant to me is that our house could have burned down like the day before this shaman lady came over. Um, anyways, so she comes over. And she's like this like little like old lady and she opens the door to our house and the first thing she does is she looks at the stairs and she goes, oh, hello. And we're like, nope, nope, nope. (laughs) What's going on? And she's like, oh, there's a little girl on your stairs. She lives in your room. And I was like, oh, oh my God. Just like having someone that matter of factly like state to you, like, I mean, I get it. Like, I can understand, like, they make this stuff up. Like, they just say whatever they got to say. But, like, until you're, like, living in the moment and you, like, see that she saw someone and she looked at me and said, like, oh, there's a little girl running up and down your stairs. She lives in your room. It's like, I don't know why she would make, like, why would you make that up? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, like, the tour goes on and she, our house was very old. It used to be a one-room house. And she could tell that the expansions that were built on, she was like, this is new. Um, This is not new. Like, this is old. There was um, four ghosts in our house that she talked to. So there was, like, an elderly woman who was very, like, motherly. And she actually kind of helped, like, protect us. There was a little girl, like I said. There was a guy that was dressed like he was from the 1940s. And that was really weird to hear because that's exactly the guy that um, my roommate was having like show up in her dreams. Oh, God. So, yeah. So we didn't we you know, we didn't she didn't know about like the specifics of what was happening. So Mm -hmm. to hear her be like, oh, yeah, there's a guy. He looks like he's wearing like a zoot suit from like the 1940s. It's like, oh, my God, that's the guy from the dreams. Mm -hmm. And um so the last ghost, which we belovingly called our racist basement ghost. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so he lived in the basement. And so basically what had happened is that our house was built on top of a Civil War battleground. Mm-hmm. So he was actually a Confederate soldier that had died in battle. And, you know, back then during the Civil War, they literally just buried the soldiers on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Um, so his body was underneath of our house supposedly you know we're not gonna like dig up and see if he's actually there but (laughs) that's where his final resting place was it just so happened that apparently and this is all what the shaman lady is telling us his body was buried in the basement directly under my my roommate's room um remember she's vietnamese so she's brown so the confederate soldier was so mad that this brown girl was living in his house because this was his house at this point because he was um, just so angry, like angry spirit, like attached to the house, just like stuck there. Mm -hmm. He was so mad that she was living there that he like picked on her specifically. And so we started to go down to the basement and um, the shaman, she looks up at me and she's like, I think your roommate should stay upstairs. I was like, okay. So I'm down there with her and my roommate's upstairs and my roommate starts like coughing pretty heavily. And the lady looks at me and she's touching her throat and she goes, I think he was shot in his throat and I think he's doing that. And so she's like having a conversation with this like racist basement ghost and she's literally telling him, like, you know, you can't do that. Like, this is their house now. Like, you need to let them be. And he's just apparently a very angry ghost. And, like, mm. you know, it it didn't really – I wouldn't say it helped. 
I didn't think it helped the situation, but it was just very interesting to like know what was going on. And I'd never had an experience like that where someone comes and says that they can talk to spirits and then the things that they are saying like lines up with so much of what we were experiencing. It's really, really cool just to like have that experience. So that's like one of the major reasons why I believe in spirits and why I believe in ghosts and stuff like that. Dude, that's crazy. Did you guys, like how much did you tell the shamans, like so your professor, uh, so like did she know anything going in like that she could have, you know, potentially quote unquote lied or, you know, inferred something? Yeah, because like we really only told our professor that we were like having issues with like footsteps and like stuff flying around the house. Okay, so the actual like symptoms of it, not like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like obviously we didn't you know know um i don't think we told him about like the dreams or anything so it's just like crazy to hear that kind of stuff like and of course like his wife like you know she's this little old lady like and i it's not like we were posting our experiences on facebook back then like that wasn't really we kept it very between ourselves so it was just very cool to see that kind of thing Dude, that was, a, that was a wild ride. Wow. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. It was a little involved story, but like, I just definitely, it's very rare that people experience that kind of thing. And I just like, that's like one of my big party stories that I always tell, to be honest. And it's why I believe in spirits and why I think it's important to like respect, you know, the dead. And uh, I don't know. I believe in them. So the, we've both, you know, seen some things, I guess, outside of the funeral industry, but. Uh, when it comes to actually being at funeral homes and like, you know, seeing ghosts and, and being spooked, I, I guess really the, the most that I've experienced, it's what a lot of people experience that, uh, you know, you're in a basement and you're walking up the stairs, you know, and you turn off the light and you just feel eyes in the in your back, you know, something staring at you, like you get those, your hackles you got to raise up. Yeah, you just feel kind of spooky. Yeah, and funeral homes are generally, like, very old buildings. I mean, like, especially family-owned funeral homes. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, like, been in the family for years. Like, thousands of dead bodies have passed through the halls. Like, and they're, like, either falling apart, like, basement, creepy, like, no windows, whatever. So I think there is, like, an atmosphere of, like, it being creepy down there. Especially just, like, when you're alone with, like, I don't know, 10 to 20 dead bodies. Like, it's just creepy. Like, it's just creepy. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, like, it's literally the setup for some type of, like, horror-style movie. I mm-hmm. think uh, the the biggest scare I've ever gotten is, like, just involving by myself, just minding my own business. Uh, and, like, sometimes when you soap somebody up, their limbs get a little uh, slippery. And, like, I've had arms, <laughs> you know, slide off the table and, like, smack me, like, when I'm not looking. Oh, my That has definitely been, like, one of those moments that I um, got to see how high uh, my, my scream goes. <laughs> so. That is so common, to be honest. There have been countless times when I've been just moving a dead body and then their arm kind of flops over and my heart literally stops because <laughs> like for some reason it looks like they're moving, but they're they're not. It just looks like it. But in general, like I haven't really had like spooks every day at the funeral home, but I know every funeral director has their story for sure. I, uh, I actually did some digging um, just because I haven't had my own story yet. Um, and I basically went through and asked like a bunch of other directors at my funeral home and embalmers and like okay what have you guys seen uh the story that i have is actually uh taken from the housekeeper from my first funeral home gig uh when i was younger and so she swears up and down she had an experience at the the home um she was cleaning one day 
and there was like no visitations no other you know family families in the building directors were just in the offices upstairs you know and she was cleaning on the main floor and a gentleman um just like had walked out of one of the visitation rooms and up the stairs and like disappeared because it was like one of those uh, spiral style stairs so mm-hmm. he disappeared onto the landing uh the upper landing and she was calling after him he's like sir sir you know can i help you you're not supposed to be going up there and she ran up the stairs and there was no one there and um wow. she she always you know after having time to process it she always was like wow you know what i think that that looks a lot like the old owner uh of the funeral home the one right, that passed away yeah. so i thought that was kind of fascinating yeah that makes sense though like if you're an owner of like a family funeral home and it your whole entire life is in this building like that i can definitely see you coming back to like hang out as a spirit or whatever right <laughs> check in on things <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i have had a spook story and this is a little bit shorter than my other one thankfully but i remember so i used to do the body removal company right and a lot of it was midnight hours uh picking up dead bodies and going to the funeral home by yourself to drop off said dead bodies And during these times, people don't generally live at funeral homes anymore. So usually after 5 p.m., there's like no one there really, unless there's a visitation. But after like 10 p.m., definitely no one there. Um, So you're all by yourself in this empty building with a bunch of dead bodies. Um, And as a body removal person, I was like in this position a lot. So I remember one time I was like routine dropping off a dead body by myself, like just picked him up at a nursing home or whatever. Um, this funeral home I'd been in several times before I was very familiar with it. So I'm just like doing my thing, like kind of on autopilot, like do, 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 do. And all of a sudden I'm, um, dropping this body off in the prep room and I hear kind of like, like a, like a rattling, like a glass rattling, like windows rattling. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. Like no one's here and it's not windy outside. It was like not windy at all. Like it was dead outside. And I was like, okay, maybe it's like an animal or something. And I was like, okay, if it's an animal like in the funeral home, like I should check, like I should make sure. Cause I don't work here, but like, I should probably figure out if there's like a raccoon like hanging out in the funeral <laughs> home or something. Right, at least to warn the staff when they come in the next day, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so I like go, so the prep room's in the garage. I go out of the garage into the main part of the funeral home. I'm in this main hallway now and I hear the rattling and it's like very like heavy, like, and I like recognize it kind of like, you know, those glass display cases that are like in jewelry stores or like, I don't know, um, gun shops, <laughs> like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Like with the glasses on all the sides and they're like, they're kind of shaky sometimes. And you know, that sound like when you press your hands against it and you kind of shake it, it kind of sounds like rattling. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exactly what the sound was. And what I realized, what I remembered was that in the arrangement room, this specific funeral had one of those glass display cases just to show like, you know, jewelry and like memorial like urns and stuff like that. And I realized that that's like where this sound was coming from. So I was like, at this point, I'm getting scared because I'm like, it sounds exactly like someone's just rattling the glass, like rattling the glass. And so I like walk over towards the room yeah you're not that's like rule number one you don't go towards the thing (laughs) listen i listen so i'm walking towards the room 
And all of a sudden, the rattling gets louder. I turn around and I just leave. I'm like, no, no, this is not my job. I do not get paid enough to do this. <laughs> so I left. And I actually never, like, talked about it never told anyone about it i never like checked to see if it was actually like a raccoon or something but like that was my one like ghost experience in a funeral home okay that's that no that is too much already in (laughs) one lifetime of ghosts (laughs) you've had (laughs) i know i know i don't have never told you those stories before no you haven't i don't know how they've like come up before it's crazy i know they're so long and they're so involved but like they're just so vivid like i'm i'm not lying guys like that stuff really happened to me and like i totally believe that it's 100 percent like ghosts and stuff totally <laughs> well i don't know maybe you've kind of changed my perspective a little bit on things with all that <laughs> yeah i honestly like i do hope that people have experiences like that i think it's really cool to be able to like think about that and think about the afterlife like that like i know a lot of people especially in grieving kind of think about that stuff more i actually um not to keep talking about tv but there's a really really cool docuseries on netflix right now it's called surviving death and it's actually about like people that have lost people or you know near-death experiences i really recommend it i think it's really cool but they kind of cover what we're talking about right now and people exploring that kind of thing and research about it i think another uh, interesting aspect about you know ghosts or someone passing or or that is the the families that are affected um by their loved ones passing away um i i get a lot of stories uh from family members that they seem to have like a sign like they've been getting signs from their loved one you know obviously they got the you know the arrangement conference table and like the lights will flicker after like i ask them a question or like ask them to choose something and then they'll be like oh well i guess i guess there's our answer you know <laughs> like, wow. like their loved one's speaking to them through our, our fluorescent light bulbs <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny yeah you know that's obviously like if you work there and you know that your lights flicker then obviously <laughs> but yeah, I think people do like look for that kind of stuff, especially like when a relative dies. It's a really volatile, like emotional time in someone's life. And, you know, you want to you want to know that they're OK because we don't know a lot about the afterlife. I think families just want to know that their loved one is OK, unless they're like total atheists, like don't believe in anything like that. Then <laughs> that's different. But, totally, yeah. Um, I think a lot of families, especially, you know, like pseudo religious like Americans, just kind of like want to know like if they're okay what happened like is there anything that I can like tell if they're okay and I think a lot of people look for signs obviously um but I think it's cool to be able to kind of grieve in that way even if the signs aren't true like even if it's not a spirit sign you know it still means something to the family and it's still something that they can like hold on to in the future yeah definitely I mean even if it's you know quote-unquote placebo it's something that you can still find meaning and it can be valuable to you i i think another family that i had served um the deceased had really loved butterflies and like the day of the service like a butterfly had like landed on one of the family members and that was like a huge deal for them you know and yeah that's so sweet yeah so that's that's i don't think there's anything wrong in in trying to seek signs uh after someone passes away not at all absolutely yeah so Mulder, I really appreciate you sharing all those really kooky stories with me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, even though I'm I'm not a huge believer myself, 
uh, it's been really interesting hearing, you know, from your perspective, like all these things that have happened, happened to you and to people, you know, and honestly, I don't know. It gives me a lot to think about. Well, Scully, the truth <laughs> is out there. <laughs> <laughs> and that is all this week on Mort Mike. We love to connect with you guys on our socials. Like, follow, and subscribe to us on our Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube at Mort Mike Podcast. That is M-O-R-T-M-I-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. It would mean a lot to hear from you guys. Um, actually, if you have a really cool ghost story, drop it in a comment. Rate and subscribe on whatever podcast hosting site that you use. And if you have any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear or any burning questions you might have about death, shoot us an email at mortmikepodcast at gmail.com. I also want to give a huge thank you to our friend Marson for the use of his song titled Deputies of Death, which he produced just for our show. You can check out his Bandcamp at Marson, that's M-A-R-S-O-N, music.bandcamp.com. Thanks, Marson. And be sure to tune in every other week on Thursdays for some more casual discussions on death. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Mort Mike. Bye. Bye. Bye.